0: Exodus chapter 25, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that we were going to kind of speed through a large portion of Exodus and that's going to start tonight. We're just going to kind of cover a whole bunch of chapters at once. Now have no fear, I say we're covering a whole bunch of chapters, I'm only going to read one verse here and then we'll talk about a couple of other verses in the New Testament Uh, that I believe are beneficial in helping us see God's ultimate fulfillment of what we're going to talk about. But I would encourage you to read Exodus chapter 25 through 31. And what God is doing in these verses is he is giving the Israelites instructions on building the tabernacle. Uh, on, on on how everything needed to be laid up. There's a lot of instructions on the materials to use, the exact uh, length and, and, and that things were to be spaced out and the way things were to be built and the coverings that things were to be made with, how the priests were supposed to be dressed. All of these instructions come in these next few chapters. Now, we won't read through all of them, not because they're not important, but uh, because... Uh, they're just It's a lot of, lot of giving very specific measurements and things like that. And so I will allow you to read that on your own time if you would like to read those things. But I am gonna point out what I believe is, is important about the building of the tabernacle and why it was significant and what it was far then and its ultimate significance and what it was pointing to and would be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we'll talk about. We'll probably, Lord willing, pick up in chapter thirty-two next week, and so if you want to read these these rest of these chapters throughout the week and kind of catch up and see these instructions that God gives, uh, you can uh, you can read those sometime this week if you get the opportunity. But tonight we will just look at one little verse: Exodus chapter twenty-five, verse eight. Exodus chapter twenty-five, verse eight. This is God speaking to the. To, to Moses here <clears throat> giving him the instructions on what the people are supposed to do he had already given them the law in the chapters previous that we had looked at and now he's given them instructions on how to make this tabernacle to make this sanctuary that uh, he is going to dwell with them in Exodus chapter 25 verse 8 they are to make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them let's pray Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words that we're about to read. And I I pray, God, that you help us to see uh, throughout your whole word, God, that you desire to dwell with us, you desire to be with us. And I pray, God, that through Jesus Christ, we would all dwell with you, dear Lord. Maybe there are some in here tonight that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God. I pray that through your word that you would help us to accomplish just what you desire, dear Lord. You love us. We may not deserve to be loved. We definitely don't, dear Lord. We're just some sinners. But the fact that you love us enough that you want to be with us, God, that's a that's a pretty amazing thing. That's a miracle. And we thank you for that miracle of love that you have for us, God. And so... I pray that you help my mind to be focused on your word tonight, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would would speak through me. I pray that you would help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring understanding to your word and that's going to put all the focus on Jesus Christ. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would clear my mind of things of this world of worries or thoughts or stresses or whatever it may be, dear Lord, and in this time that your Holy Spirit would take over in this place so that I can speak of you and that you would take control of our ears so that we would hear what your word has to say to us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that this verse does a good job of summing up uh, what I believe is ultimately what God's desire is. And that is is that God desires to dwell among his people. He wants to be with us. Even when Adam and Eve were in the garden, uh, the Spirit of God would come down and, and be among them. And here, God tells his people, clearly tells Moses, I want to dwell among my people. And so the way that that was going to take place as there were going to have to be some things that were going to have to be done. God wasn't just going to come upon them at any time, anywhere, in any place. God was going to come to a certain place, and it was going to be in the Holy of Holies, in this tabernacle that they were going to construct. This inner sanctuary, the holy most place, is where God was going to come and dwell among the people. And so he begins to give Moses very, very detailed instructions on exactly how everything is supposed to be. There's going to be a courtyard outside, and uh, there's going to be an altar, uh, there's going to be all of these things that are going to be put there, lampstands and tables and, and incense and, and all of these things are going to take place and they're going to go from the courtyard into the holy place. And then behind the veil is going to be the Holy of Holies where will sit the Ark of the Covenant. And only the high priest is allowed to go in there once a year and make sacrifices on behalf of the people. And that's where God is going to be with the people. He is going to dwell with the people in this tabernacle that they are to build. And he gives Moses these instructions and he says, they are to make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. Now, we see as we get into the New Testament and even in the Old Testament that God is already preparing for a new way and a better way. A better way than this whole system that He's spelling out to them in great detail. He is already preparing us as we read through the Old Testament for what is going to come and what we call the New Testament, and that is Jesus Christ. That is, God desires to dwell among His people but he knew that the old way was never going to be good enough. And so these things that he spells out for Moses, they are a copy of of the way things are supposed to be. They are a shadow of the things that are to come that are going to be perfected and fulfilled in Jesus Christ so that we can dwell among God for all of eternity. And so God's desire was to dwell among his people But this old way was never going to be good enough for God to dwell among His people in the way that He wanted to. And then in John chapter 1 verse 14, we kind of get a glimmer of the hope that is to come in Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, "...and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of truth." Now here we kind of have a, uh, we're, we're, we're moving into this new, this new thing that God is going to put into place, this new covenant that is going to be made through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God desired to dwell with His people and it was done in a sanctuary. But here in John chapter 1 verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is Jesus Christ. So He's, he's making that transition from the old way to the new way to the better way. Now, we are reminded on a couple of different scriptures what uh, God dwelling in us in the temple that is our body, we're reminded of that, that shift, that change as to what the old was like into what the new was like. In the old way, the people had the sanctuary, the tabernacle. That's how God dwelt among them. But in the New Testament, in Jesus Christ, it is the Holy Spirit that indwells in us. Therefore, we don't have to set up a tabernacle to go before God. We don't have to have a high priest that goes before God once a year because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. God dwells with us all the time, not just in a tabernacle. We don't have a high priest once a year. We have a high priest for all eternity in Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So if we are God's people, if we have accepted Jesus Christ and we have scripture that tells us that the spirit of God dwells in us, God is always with us, God three in one, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And when we come to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells in us and God is dwelling with us just as he desired to way back that we see here in Exodus. God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. That's the There's a distinction there. For those who are in Christ, what's the differentiator between a Christian and a non-Christian? Well, for the Christian, the Holy Spirit, God, dwells within us. For the non-Christian, the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell within them. Now God desires to dwell with all human beings. He desires that we would all come to Jesus Christ, that we would all seek him for forgiveness. Not all will, but I believe that God would want all people to repent of their sin and come to him, but there are some who are simply not going to do that. As a result, the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell within them. But for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that dwelling of God in us takes place upon us accepting Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit coming into our heart. Another good reminder of this, this same type of thought process Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, again, there's a distinction there. Now, we won't go into the context of that whole verse, but he's saying that those of us who are in Christ, our body is a temple of God. And therefore, uh, there there, there shouldn't be any interaction between the temple of God and, and the idols. There should be some different there. There should be some distinction there. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are... The temple of the living God. Now, just as they had a tabernacle or a sanctuary or eventually a temple in the Old Testament that God would uh, come among the people in, here we have uh, similar language in the New Testament, but this language is not talking about a building. It's talking about the Holy Spirit indwells in us. It says that we are the temple of God. God is switch from the Old Covenant way to the New Covenant in Jesus Christ. Therefore, there's no need for the tabernacle. There's no need for the temple. Jesus Christ dwells in us. Let's read a little further. For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, Paul points out here, that a prophecy made by Jeremiah is being fulfilled. Now these last statement here is, is something that Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 31. Now we've been talking about the uh, God's people being overtaken by Babylon over the last couple of weeks and Jeremiah was writing about that event that was going to take place. That's what the book of Jeremiah is about. It's talking about the Babylonians are going to come in. They are going to overtake God's people, and they're going to be sent into captivity. But God gives a, uh, some hope there through Jeremiah. And one of those, those verses of hope uh, is this one that I just quoted. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God was saying there's coming a day that everything is going to be fulfilled in a much better way. Now, as we will see in a second, that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ because the author of Hebrews quotes the same passage of Scripture, pointing us from the old, pointing us to the new, that is Jesus Christ. In First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen, he says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Again, we won't look at the context of the passage there, but just that language that Paul is using there. He's reminding the people that their body, our body, if we are in Christ, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, this language of God dwelling with His people and desiring to dwell with His people in a sanctuary, a tabernacle, or temple in the Old Testament, this language has shifted gears from a building to a person, to those who are in Christ. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. God has a dwelling with us, we have a relationship with God, we have a communication with God always and eternally through Jesus Christ. There's no more need for a sacrifice. There's no more need for a high priest. There's no more need for a temple because Jesus Christ has fulfilled everything in the best possible way that there is. And so in the Old Testament, all these things revolved around all these different things that were to go on. But in the New Testament, everything is centered on, revolves around Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. God's perfect plan came to place when Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross for us. We see this talked about in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 13. If you want to flip there, you can. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 13. I would encourage you to read chapter 9 too sometime if you get an opportunity. Uh, But here the author of Hebrews in chapter 8, verse 7, he talks about this superior covenant. Now, I know I talk about Hebrews all the time, but he's trying to make the point to them, look, don't, don't get caught up into going back to the old way. It's not going to save you. Uh, there, there's, there's no way you can be delivered by the old way. If you, if you reject Jesus Christ, there remains no forgiveness of sins apart from Jesus Christ. Therefore, don't go back to the old system, the old covenant, because what is old is fading away, he says in these verses. And he also, the author of Hebrews, quotes from Jeremiah chapter 31, this reminder here, this prophecy that Jeremiah made, he's telling the people this has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When God said there was going to be a better way, there was going to be a time that he would walk with his people and that they would follow him, he explains in these verses, hey, this time has come and it has come through Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter eight, verse seven. For if the first covenant, that is the covenant that we've been talking about, the Mosaic covenant, the law, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for a second one. So he says, look, the first covenant, the old way of doing things, it wasn't good enough. That's why there is a new one, because there was fault with it. It was imperfect. It was incapable of fulfilling what God ultimately desired. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for a second one. But finding fault with his people, he says... Now here's where he begins to quote from Jeremiah Chapter 31, look, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by their hands to lead them out of the land of Egypt. I disregarded them, says the Lord, because they did not continue in my covenant but this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days said the lord so he's saying look the old way wasn't good enough and 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 it didn't work out why because the people of god were disobedient to him god couldn't bless them the way that he wanted to because they didn't hold up their end of the covenant they abandoned him they worshiped other gods they were disobedient to him and as a result of that, he said that that old one is not going to work. It's not going to be good enough. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. So after the old covenant wasn't good enough, he's saying I'm going to make a new and better covenant that will be good enough. And here's the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the old covenant, there were laws that were written on stone. But God has said in the new covenant, the laws will be written on their hearts. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And each person will not teach his fellow citizen, and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins." By saying a new covenant, he has declared that the first is old, and what is old is aging and about to disappear. Now, God desired to dwell among his people in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, we just saw. Why were they building a tabernacle? Why would they eventually build a temple? It is so God would dwell with them. But because of their disobedience, because the old covenant was never going to be able to save their souls or ours, God said, I'm going to send a better way. I'm going to make a new covenant. Jeremiah prophesied that years and years before Jesus Christ would have ever come onto the scene. And the author of Hebrews says, hey... You know the words of Jeremiah? He was talking about Jesus Christ. He was talking about a better way, a way that wasn't going to fail us like the old law would fail us in that it could never save us from our sins. And he reminds them what is old is passing away, it's fading away, it's vanishing because the new has come. And when the new comes, the old passes away. And the new, the better, the perfect is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And so we kind of see this transition. God dwelled with his people in the tabernacle, in the sanctuary, in the temple, in the Old Testament. Then he sent Jesus Christ to dwell among us in the flesh. Upon Jesus leaving, he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who indwells us in our bodies as we are a temple of God. The Holy Spirit is in us. We have direct communication with God through our high priest for all of eternity, through Jesus Christ. No need for a temple or a tabernacle. And God will bring his dwelling with us to, uh, to, to perfection or to completion uh, upon Jesus Christ's return and us being with God for all of eternity. We will finally get to be God's people. He will finally get to be our God. We will dwell with him and we will love him and he will love us and what a beautiful day that will be in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. That will be the prophecy that Jeremiah made completed to perfection. It will be perfectly fulfilled on that day that those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ, whom the Holy Spirit indwells in us, the day will come that we will tabernacle with God. We will dwell with God and he will dwell with us and he will be our God and we will be his people. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? You, have you made him your Lord Is the Holy Spirit indwelling with you? If the Holy Spirit's not, then you need to pray to the Lord. You need to seek the Lord. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you. If he is, come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit already indwells within you because you've accepted Jesus Christ, but maybe you're not following the Holy Spirit's lead like you should. Maybe the Holy Spirit's calling you to something, guiding you to something, and maybe sometimes we quench the Holy Spirit. Let us not be those who are found guilty of quenching the Holy Spirit, but let us recognize that it is God that dwells in us, that we can call out to our God anytime. Praise the Lord that the veil is torn. We don't have to go to a tabernacle. We don't have to wait on a high priest that's going to change from year to year, but we have a high priest that has tore the veil, that is going before God for all eternity, and that is Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for these words and we thank you, God, for wanting to dwell with us. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ fulfilling everything that needs to be fulfilled. God, that we don't have to get out there and measure out buildings and and, and measure out sanctuaries and, and make things just so, God, because we could never do it the way you want, to do, want it done, dear Lord. And we thank you for recognizing that we are just helpless sinners, but we thank you for loving us enough to send your only Son to take care of all those things for us, to make everything to perfection, even his death, dear Lord, to to die a humble death for us so that we could be forgiven. And I pray, God, that you would help us to turn to him. I pray that if there's one in this church, in this room, that has not accepted Jesus Christ, dear Lord, that you would just convict them, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to work on their heart, dear Lord, that they would accept Jesus Christ, that you just would give an uneasy feeling to them, God, so that upon accepting Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell in their life, dear Lord, not just for this life, but that we would be able to dwell with you for all of eternity, God, and that we would call you our God, dear Lord, and we would gladly be your people and love for all eternity. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.